Thanks for listening to the Soul H2O podcast from Joy Radio in Toronto. Be sure to subscribe, then rate and share so we can reach new listeners around the world. Hey everyone, it's Sherry Stahl, host of the Soul H2O radio and podcast show. I'm so excited you've tuned in for today's episode as I talk about the current level of prayer going on in our world today and share the five qualities of powerful prayers to help you become more comfortable and effective in prayer. Downloadable Soul H2O journal pages help you dive deep into the teaching segment and quench your spiritual thirst. They can be found on today's show notes at soulh2o.com slash 64. So let's dive into today's Soul H2O devotion and get refreshed. Thursday, May 6th is the annual National Day of Prayer in the United States, and I've taken part in online prayer gatherings for this event throughout the last few years. The U.S. started holding National Days of Prayer led by Congress way back in 1755. This would have been a familiar way for all of the people who'd come from Britain as they were used to honoring two National Days of Prayer per year with a day focused on prayer and thanksgiving in the fall and a time of prayer and fasting each spring. During the Civil War in 1863, President Lincoln signed a congressional resolution that made April 30th of that year a day of fasting and prayer. In 1952, Congress, with the approval of President Truman, set the first Thursday in May as a law that the National Day of Prayer was to be honored each year. And it has been ever since. Throughout their nation's history, they've continued to call on God in times of need. Twice during his years in office, President Trump instituted days of prayer. In 2017, Trump signed a proclamation establishing Sunday, September 1st, 2017 as a day of prayer for those dealing with the aftermath of Category 4 Hurricane Harvey. Trump also proclaimed a national day of prayer for all Americans affected by the coronavirus pandemic and for their national response efforts held on March 15th, 2020. In his documented address, Trump urged Americans of all faiths and religious traditions and backgrounds to offer prayers for all of those afflicted, including people who have suffered harm or lost loved ones. This day of prayer is so ingrained into their culture that they have an organization that helps guide this prayer movement and provides a searchable list of events being held all across their nation. Their prayer theme for 2021 this week coming up is Lord, pour out your life, love and liberty. It's based in the words from 2 Corinthians 3.17. Now the Lord is the spirit and where the spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. Unfortunately, I think all too often we read verses like this, much like the Israelites of Jesus' time did, with civil liberty in mind. But God inspired these words to describe a liberty of the heart and soul. I believe that's what he meant. If not, then Jesus didn't fulfill his mission since the political world of his day was against believers and then went on to persecute and kill his followers after his own crucifixion. God was talking about a different kind of liberty. And it's not only the USA that has government-backed National Days of Prayer. In 2003, Australia started holding an annual National Day of Prayer and Fasting on the Sunday before Lent to promote a 40-day period of prayer and fasting during Lent. But the Aussies don't have just one National Day of Prayer, and they actually pray for the USA every year in one of their many yearly calls to prayer. 
Since the pandemic hit our world, there have been many groups who've organized days of prayer and fasting. It was only by researching for this show that I found out that Prime Minister Trudeau had confirmed the request of a national day of prayer by the request of Pastor Mansfield Edwards of Ontario. I was actually a part of the national day of prayer, but never heard it announced through government channels like it was in the U.S. In the Soul H2O Splash Group, we were also following along with Unite 714, a global prayer movement that started on March 19, 2020, when 25 pastors gathered together to pray in response to the COVID-19 crisis. What started with a few pastors on a simple phone call exploded into a global prayer movement for the eradication of COVID-19 and to see an awakening come to the nations of our world for Christ. What transpired was only possible through the miraculous hand of God. Millions of people from over 180 countries around the world were praying twice a day with one voice by following along with their weekly posted prayer focus sheets. Last Pentecost weekend, their globally run prayer event involved around 1 billion people around the world. I felt the presence of God in my own room as I prayed alongside people of the world, inviting God into our pandemic and personal lives. If you want to learn more about any of these prayer movements, you can check out the show notes for links to all of these organizations and a few more here in Canada. If you're from somewhere else and we didn't mention what's going on in your country, send us an email so we can add your group or event to the list. I've told you all of this, not to give you a history lesson and hopefully not to bore you. Today's episode is all about prayer, and I wanted you to know that the prayer movement is alive and well today, in a time when the world is in chaos, with so many facing life-altering or life-taking circumstances. It's great to know that your prayers provide a direct line to the heart of God. The pandemic has made us all abundantly aware that we need God's help, and as Toby Mack is going to sing for you today, help is on the way. I heard your heart, I see your pain, out in the dark is on the way, round in the corner, help is on the way. It is just about that moment and kind of the, the fleshy things, if you will. And that's kind of what's missing in, you know, mainstream or secular music, whereas the Christian music, artists are vulnerable and they write a song. It's so much more about what's life-giving and breathing and just trying to give honor and glory to God. Good music, good conversation, good company. Faith Strong Today's Good Company with me, Holly Taylor. Weekdays at 5 p.m. right here on Joy. Thanks for listening to the Soul H2O podcast from Joy Radio in Toronto. Be sure to subscribe, then rate and share so we can reach new listeners around the world. Have you ever watched one of those cheesy Christian movies? It never ceases to amaze me how they can be so, well, cheesy, but yet be able to say or teach something that's often really impactful. This sort of thing happened one night when I was watching just one of those cheesy movies. In it, a young adult granddaughter is talking to her grandfather, who she hasn't seen for over 20 years. She tells him how she recently found religion. And knowing that he has a strong faith in God, she asks him, so how often does your religion require for you to pray anyways? He joked with her about how he's supposed to worship on a stone altar or something silly like that. And then he tells her that he's just joking. 
What he says next was so impactful. This wise older man said, you may find this hard to understand, but I'm not required to pray. I pray because I have a relationship with God and I enjoy bringing him into every part of my life. You see, to this man and to me, prayer, it's not a ritual. It's all about relationship. God wants to build a relationship with you through prayer. I know this because of how Jesus modeled prayer and how he taught about it. For the rest of today's show, we're going to look at Luke 18 and Jesus' two prayer parables. I want to share with you the five qualities of powerful prayers. In Luke 18 verses 9 to 14, Jesus tells the parable of the Pharisee and the tax collector. Uh, The Passion Translation starts it off by saying, Jesus taught this parable to those who were convinced that they were morally upright and to those who trusted in their own virtue, yet looked down on others with disgust. Not a good group of people. Jesus begins with the parable like a common joke saying, there were two men praying in the temple. But from this point on, Jesus holds no punchlines back as he contrasts how differently these two men pray. Jesus describes the Pharisaical religious leader as standing apart from the others, praying loudly for all to hear his words on how he wasn't like robbers and other horrible sinners and immoral people, especially not like the terrible tax collector praying near him. This pious jerk went on to applaud himself for fasting and tithing. In contrast, the tax collector was a bawling mess. This guy was begging God for mercy and willingly admitting that he was a sinner. Sadly, I'm assuming from Jesus' words that the crowd listening thought that the Pharisees were the better of the two. But Jesus corrects their wrong belief system. And it's through this that I see the first of the three five qualities of powerful prayers. The first quality of a powerful prayer is that they are relational, not ritual. There isn't a formula to praying. It's not a set of prescribed words that you need to repeat. So many people are afraid to pray, afraid that they'll do it wrong, say the wrong thing, sound stupid, or just not be good at it. That's all because we have made praying more about the words we say than about the relationship we're trying to build. Do you plan out what you're going to say when you're going to your best friend's house? Do you work hard to make sure your words sound like the King James Version translation for them to hear? No, because with friends, you relax. You don't worry about sounding smart or spiritual. You say what you feel and how you're feeling it when you have that close relationship. That's what God wants with you. He doesn't want your pious words. He wants your heart. You see, rituals lead to assuming that we're gaining God's acceptance by what we do. Our focus moves from growing in relationship to appeasing God. And that dynamic never produces a healthy relationship. God isn't for rituals because if we can gain relationship with him by what we do, then aren't we essentially believing that the good things that we do are more powerful, more important, more effective than what Christ did on the cross or that Jesus, what he did on the cross wasn't quite good enough, that we need to top it up with our efforts to be good enough? I think it's insulting to Jesus if we believe that our good works, our church attendance, penance, volunteering in the nursery, at the soup kitchen, or prayer time makes any difference to our standing with God. 
Righteousness, this theological word for right standing with God, has nothing to do with what you do, but everything to do with what he's done. Isaiah 64 verse 6 says, all our righteous acts are like filthy rags. What a waste of time. They're garbage. Rituals lead us to assuming that we're gaining God's acceptance by what we do and often leave us feeling that we're better than others who don't follow our rituals, which leads me to the second quality of a powerful prayer. They're humble, not prideful. The tax collector didn't have an ounce of pride in his heart, but the Pharisee's heart was oozing out pride and Jesus didn't like it. The third quality of a powerful prayer is that they're pure, not professional. If you really don't feel confident praying, that's okay. You're in great company. When Jesus walked this earth, his best friends, the disciples, didn't feel equipped either and asked for a lesson in prayer. The tax collector was Jesus' example of a quality prayer, and he just had an emotional breakdown, sharing that he wasn't doing things right and needed God's mercy. He poured his heart out, which was the complete opposite of the Pharisee who knew how to perform for the crowd. Jesus finished this parable by saying something to the effect that everyone who tries to make themselves look better than others will be humbled, but those who humble themselves will be exalted by God. God wants your prayers to be pure, not professional. Revive Our Hearts with Nancy DeMoss Walgamuth is committed to calling women to freedom, fullness, and fruitfulness in Christ. As the author of over 20 books and leader of the True Woman Movement, Nancy has dedicated her life to introducing and guiding women through biblical womanhood. Revive Our Hearts with Nancy DeMoss Walgamuth, weekdays at 11.30 a.m., right here on Joy, hometown Christian radio for the GTA. Thanks for listening to the Soul H2O podcast from Joy Radio in Toronto. Be sure to subscribe, then rate and share so we can reach new listeners around the world. In Luke 18, 1 to 8, Jesus tells the parable of the persistent widow. There's a horrible, heartless judge who doesn't really care about this widow and her problems, but she repeatedly keeps coming back to his courtroom, begging for justice from the one who's wronged her. Annoyed and wanting to just get her off his back, the judge makes a decision in her favor. Jesus sums up the parable by confirming that God listens and answers when we keep bringing our requests to him. He will bring justice. Jesus points out that if an unjust judge can bring about justice, how much more can your loving Heavenly Father bring justice? And it's from this parable that I see the fourth and fifth of the five qualities of powerful prayers. The fourth quality of a powerful prayer is that they are persistent, not sporadic. 1 Thessalonians 5.17 says to pray continually. And Ephesians 6.18 says to pray in the Spirit at all times and on every occasion. I think you're getting the picture. Like the widow in this parable, Jesus wants your prayers to be persistent, not sporadic, because if it's at all about relationship, 
then it needs to be continual. And then he's meaning that he wants to talk to you all the time. Jesus never tires of you and he likes hearing your voice. The last and fifth quality of a powerful prayer is that they are wise, not wasteful. When we bring our petitions, our requests before God, we're not bringing it to somebody who's only able to be a sounding board. Now, don't get me wrong. I'm so thankful to God for the wonderful Christian friends that he's blessed me with. They've been there for me many times when I wasn't strong enough to stand on my own. But ultimately, I can't rely on people to always get me through. My friends are just human, like me, and prone to make mistakes, just like me. They get busy, just like me. I can't expect to get things from a friend or a spouse that God says that I need to get from him. I heard a cute saying that really struck me years ago. It said, when trouble strikes, do you run to the throne or to the phone? Be like the persistent widow, wise in who you talk to and knowing when not to waste your time talking on the phone when you could be praying. Because when you pray, you're bringing your problems to someone in authority. You're bringing the issue to the only one who holds all authority in heaven and on earth. You can talk about it to your girlfriends till the cows come home, but there's really not that much that they can do, no matter how great they are, but bring it to God and he can and will do something about it. The two prayer parables in Luke 18 provide powerful insights into what God sees as good and bad when it comes to our prayer life. When you combine the lessons Jesus was teaching in the parable of the persistent widow, along with the parable of the Pharisee and the tax collector, you can easily see the five qualities of powerful prayers. They're relational, not ritual, humble, not prideful, pure, not professional, persistent and not sporadic, wise and not wasteful. In the Word for You Today devotional, the writer shared how the Bible is filled with religious people who miss connecting with God altogether. Don't let this be true about you. Implement these five qualities so that your relationship with God can go to the next level. You'll become more comfortable and effective in prayer. My challenge to you this week is super simple. I dare you to increase your time in prayer and let it be relational. Humbly share from your pure feelings and emotions. Be persistent and stay connected with God as you wisely bring your requests to Him. From all of us here at Joy Radio, we're so glad you joined us for episode 64 of the Soul H2O Radio and Podcast Show. Make sure to check out the show notes for deeper insights and information about our guest. Until we meet again, I'm praying you stay blessed and refreshed. We appreciate your support to help Soul H2O Ministries continue and want to thank all of you who partner with us in making this Joy Radio show a reality so people can come and get refreshed. Thanks for listening to the Soul H2O podcast from Joy Radio in Toronto. Be sure to subscribe, then rate and share so we can reach new listeners around the world.